Hello and welcome to the SEO SAS podcast where your host is myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive at Holland and Barrett. Why are we called SEO SAS? Well, I like to think of myself as the special answering service when it comes to SEO. So each week we delve into a particular topic within SEO. We invite a guest and we discuss, talk about experiences, um, answer questions, get into debate sometimes. Um, so basically the idea with SEO SAS is that we all get better at SEO together. Now, this week I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with SEO Joe Blogs about soft skills to develop in SEO. Hello, Joe. Hello, Sarah. Yeah, thank you very much for welcoming me on your SEO SAS uh, pod show. Podcast. You are very, very welcome. How how's this week treated you? Yes, it's very good. Always happy for the weekend. And uh, yeah, very much looking forward to uh, being on your show and discussing uh, the topic today. Yes, I um so obviously when we we're talking in, about um what would be the topic and you said about soft skills to develop, I was like, oh, this is a very interesting topic because it's something that's not really spoken about that much in the industry and it's definitely not a topic that we've done. Um so very excited um to get into that. But Joe, first things first. I like to do a quick fire round of questions with my guests. So how does that sound? So they're just silly questions and I just want you to answer with the first thing that comes into your head. Right. Yes. Good. Let's just go for it. Okay. I love your enthusiasm. Are you ready for question number one? Ready and waiting. If you could be any animal, what would it be and why? I would be a cat because I had a cat and she had a chillaxing lifestyle, sleeping in the sun, um, going on walks with me and uh, just uh, having some fun in the garden with her brother. Ah, very nice. I do kind of feel that like you either, you sit into two camps, don't you? You're either a dog person or a cat person. Yeah, so it sounds like you're a cat person. Well, I did teach her how to open doors and how to wait for me and my sister to get back from school. And I did teach yeah. her how to uh, yeah jump up and some tricks. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, question number two. If you had to change your name, what would you change it to? Well, I do really like the last name Turnbull. Um, so it, it is very difficult because actually my full name is Joe Juliana Turnbull and actually... Uh, it's a uh, Joe is a short for a longer name, and I like SEO Joe, so that's why I actually made it SEO Joe Blogs. There we go. If you could have any animal as a pet, any animal, so the sky's your limit here, uh, what would you choose? It is a tough one. I, I think, you know, if I had a couple of children, maybe I would have a dog because that way they could also take out the dog for a walk. Um, if I didn't have kids and I just had me and my husband, I would be really tempted to have a couple of cats, but only if we had a back garden. Ah, nice. Very thoughtful there. Um, bit of a weird question. Name something that is sticky. 
um, gum after you've used it. <laughs> uh, last book that you read? I will just put this one down as I've read it, even though I'm still in the middle of it. It's Devenir. It's Becoming by Michelle Obama. I ah. gave myself an objective to read that in French, but it's very difficult. So it's still being ah. read. You like a challenge then by the sound of things. Um, who was the last person you had a phone call with? Oh, my mother. Yes, she, she said that she has going to get the vaccine. So that's very good news. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Last thing you watched on Netflix? The last thing was a film by um, or with Sandra Bullock. It's quite an old one. It's called 28 Days about this lady that checks herself in or has to get checked into rehab for 28 days and it's self uh, yeah that yeah. sounds good and i do like sandra bullock as well yeah she's great yeah she's very good but it's a very old one i think it's 98 or something oh my gosh that does make me feel old um <laughs> uh where am i yes uh, can you keep a secret yes uh i can so much so that people tell me um you know i'm going to tell you something but you can't tell anyone else and then maybe like a few months later, um, that secret comes out, not through me. And they're like, did, did you tell Did you tell about that, what, what I mentioned for you to keep quiet? And I was like, what did you tell me to keep quiet? I actually forget what they had asked me to not talk about yet. So you push it right into like your back memory or, I mean, I don't really know how the brain works, but like you'd seal it so much that you forget it. Yeah, it just goes completely out the window, yeah. Ah. Can you whistle? Only a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tried it, but it's, uh, you know, it's something you try and do as a kid and secretly as an adult, but I'll have to accept defeat. I'm, I'm not that great a whistler. I can't whistle either. So, um, but I feel like I've got other talents, so um, I'm not too saddened that I can't whistle. Uh, last question. What is your favorite swear word? I quite like the pton, which is a F-U-C-K in French, um, because it sounds like it just kind of rolls off the tongue, you know. So. Hey, hey, right, you're going to have to say that again for me. A pton. Ah, oh, that, I mean, yes, I, that is an amazing sounding swear word. It sounds too nice to be a swear word as well. Yes, and sometimes you forget that other people do speak French and then you're you're saying it at work. I mean, it happened to my sister, actually. He was, the manager comes around and looks at her and like, what did you just say? She's like, oh, yeah, I, for, I forgot. <laughs> that is me. I mean, um, I know one swear word in French. I think I do. Uh, mad? Oui, c'est la merde. It's a shit. Yes. I mean, your accent is a lot better than mine. I just sound very British and I'm butchering it, but yes. Anyway, uh, that is the end of my quick fire round questions. So you survived. You survived the first part. Well, thank you very much. That was fun. <laughs> awesome. Right then. So let's sort of move into the main topic of this podcast then. Um, and before we get into discussing soft skills in SEO, um, can you give us a brief overview of yourself and how you got into this wonderful industry? Yes, well, thank you again, Sarah, for having me on your podcast today. So my full name is uh, Joe Juliana Turnbull, known in the industry as SEO Joe Blogs. 
I got into SEO when I was working uh, for a mobile tech company, actually. That was, I started there back in March 2007. And then I really enjoyed it. It was just one part of my job. So I moved uh, agency side in September 2009. And then the rest is uh, history. <laughs> As they say. Awesome. So um, I did a little snooping on your LinkedIn. Um, and I saw that you are a currently a growth marketer at Authoritas, organizer of Search London, founder and online consultant to SEO Joe Blogs. How do you juggle everything? How do you find time? Well, I think it's uh, just about sort of planning. So yes, I'm very happy to be a growth marketer at uh, Authoritas and uh, I'm a freelance uh, marketing consultant. Um, in terms of Search London, that was an event that we just celebrated our 10th birthday last uh, last week. And uh, thank you. Uh, normally, we'd obviously do it in a pub or a physical location, but um, it uh, we will do that again probably later the year or um, next year in person. And I would say, yeah, sometimes perhaps I do do a lot. Um, I might scale back once I, you know, I might scale back maybe over the summer. But I think by doing some of these activities, for example, the Search London and then the um, uh, I also organized Turn Digi, that's an online event. I think by not commuting has actually helped me quite a lot because I have mm. been able to um, get a lot more, more maximum of my time. Because if you think about it, depending on the city you are in, I used to, um, a couple of years ago, not because of the pandemic, but a couple of years ago, commute, I guess, around two to three hours a day. And that's like 60, 60 hours a week. And imagine what you can do in 60 hours. I mean, sky's your limit, really, with that, isn't it? Um, and I, I do wonder if sort of, like, during the pandemic and lockdown, like, lots of us have had to, like, work from home. So I wonder, one, if companies will be more sort of flexible um, when we get to the end of COVID, hopefully not that far away. Um, and also, like, if people have, like found that they have more time to you know people who've been like saying oh they want to do this side hustle for a very long time you just never got around to do it maybe yeah. they have so um yeah and I think commuting you don't you just it it's dead time isn't it really um so yeah I mean it's interesting isn't it like because you can do so much more when you're not commuting yeah um awesome okay so obviously I've sort of um, said a couple of times what we're talking about today and um that is soft skills to develop in SEO so let's start with the basics and start from um start uh what do you mean when you say soft skills so what what are we what are we defining as soft skills well, soft skills are really these uh, non-tech skills. It's really how you work, um, how you interact with other people, how you may or may not solve problems, how you manage your workload and your sort of your time management. It's also the empathy as well that you feel. And I believe that the soft skills is something that perhaps we were taught more at school. I mean, it's, it's not something that you can necessarily teach, but I think we're more aware of it at school and we are developing these school, these skills at school. But as soon as work comes in, just uh, sort of go out the window, I don't think people really pay as much attention to it as they would for the specific requirements for that job. 
Do you think it's sort of um, these soft skills that you sort of said then, is it, do you think that they're often forgotten about because they're, they're sort of a given that like people think that they just they just have these skills and they don't really need to develop it and they they need to sort of focus on other like more technical skills so the more technical side of their um jobs yes correct and i think also maybe it's perhaps a lack of understanding what is a soft skill and um, some people have also heard of it as interpersonal skills and non-cognitive skills um i think that you know, people might forget about it because we're so focused on uh, doing that job at hand. Um, But I think really what you should also think about is how people can solve solutions. So instead of, um, for example, a soft skill would be about uh, solving problems. So instead of going to your manager, like you would maybe a teacher, like you have a problem and stuff, your manager would help you sort it out. Instead of discussing that with your manager, maybe you can suggest the solutions to the problems. And uh, with other team members, if you're seeing someone struggling, you know, with work, uh, maybe they do look overloaded, offer to uh, pitch in. It's all about uh, being aware of your surroundings and not just thinking of you as that cog in the machine. Yes, I mean, um, just as you were talking, then I've got like a, a couple of points that have come to the front of my mind. So, um, like thinking about my own sort of experience and uh, yeah, my own experience with like softer skills. Um, so one thing that I've sort of been like told is that um, I've I've got fairly good people skills. Yeah. Um, and I never really saw that as a skill I just saw that as like that's just human that like you get on with other people or you build rapport or you build relationships with other people and that's just part and parcel of life but then as I've sort of like had jobs and worked in different companies and different industries I've sort of realized that actually no it is a skill because some people do struggle like the people have the skills in in other areas of course but um people skills for example just talking about my own experience of it that is a skill and I think sometimes um people forget that things that they're good at it is a skill do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's not just uh you shouldn't really like take it as a granted thing that everyone is good at this um people have strengths and weaknesses in different areas I agree I think that's because it's what you're good at and I think that that's how people are like with anything you know some people are really good at mathematics some people are really good at languages and they feel that oh that's just normal but um yeah I think we also need but that's sort of a probably a different subject uh to be promoting the skills that we have Um, I do think you cannot underestimate the importance of interpersonal skills, uh, especially when you are in a work environment. So for SEO, you do need to really uh, be able to understand the other people in your team. So if you're working Mm. with a tech team, you do need to be able to understand with them, well, why aren't maybe your tech issues being implemented? Or it could just be things around the CMS that you don't have access to. So you could access it if they gave it to you. But you have to understand what their priorities are and 
uh, appreciate that if a problem, that whole you know expression is, I think a problem solved is a problem shared or problem shared. Yes. So if you're working with them on their results and you can combine your objectives with them, of course, not all of them, then you can also be put in their, sh- put yourself in their shoes and see where their challenges are. So instead of taking, oh, I've done 10 things off my list to get implemented, you can look at it and say, okay, what five things can we tackle together? And that would achieve recommendations, sorry, recognition on their end and from their manager and also on your end. Um, so like a big thing that I sort of find that um, in different companies that I've worked within and uh, when it comes to SEO is you need to get buy-in from different departments and uh, higher level. Um, so soft skills are really important here, aren't they? Because obviously you need to identify like who you need to build relationships with to get jobs done. Um, But you also need to find a way of getting people to understand the importance of SEO. So sometimes you're in a lucky position because you're like, depending on where you work, they might already understand why SEO is needed. They understand why it's important. They understand like how it works. But in other businesses, you kind of got to start with education, haven't you? But with educating, you need your soft skills to help you best do that, don't you? Yes, exactly. And I think one of the the soft skills is about empathy. And it's also about um, not... uh, well, particularly perhaps within SEO or an area that is more technical, is to try and just simplify it. Because there's a lot of people that, I suppose when you finish school or uni, nobody asks questions and they feel silly if they do. So if you can um, break something down into small steps and explain it well, then people are more likely to get on board. If you're uh, someone that is talking about I, let's just say it's site migration and you're just talking about, oh, you need to do 301s because um, you can't do a 302 because, you know, why would you do that? And you're talking about it in a more of a dismissive manner, then someone's not really going to go and say, oh, s- excuse me, um, can you explain what that 302 redirect is? So yes. it's about, yeah, being approachable too and not just assuming everyone has the same knowledge as you. And it's funny, isn't it, that people are worried about asking questions because um, when I first started in SEO, I I was always really nervous of asking questions because I was sort of under the impression, oh, I've been hired to be um, in SEO. I should know all this stuff. Or if there was a like, but sometimes there was a, a question that wasn't necessarily related to SEO, but more about like the business or the structure or the processes and stuff. And I think we've all been in meetings where um, like, there's got people have got to have questions but like for some reason we're a bit nervous of asking them because we don't want to seem foolish don't we but it's a bit of an odd one because you shouldn't I mean you should like every feeling is valid and I'm not saying that but it's weird isn't it that like some like that we're sort of um rigged in a way that we're nervous of like asking questions yeah I think um well it can come from I think your, you know, your education environment, maybe if you were not encouraged to do it, or maybe if you weren't the smartest in the class. And so you always felt that you should know it. But we have to remember that SEO hasn't been around for for years. Like, for example, 
I don't know, medicine, but actually even in medicine, there's always new updates in medicine taking all place all the time. And when we see it with the mm. coronavirus, so I don't think that anybody should feel silly or feel hesitant about asking questions. You can just ask in a different way, like, oh, could you please confirm what you mean between the 301 redirect and a 302? Um, yeah. And I think as well, in terms of the communicating to the stakeholders, what's also really important is to not always go into so much detail because sometimes can be people can be overwhelmed by the detail. And then if you don't explain some of the things, they can be so overwhelmed. They think SEO is such a hard thing that, okay, I'm not, it's just too difficult. You know, I have other things to do with my life. I'm not going to allocate out. more budget. Yeah, so they tap out. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so obviously then, so we understand that um, like having and developing these soft skills is important. So what is there any tips of like how you can go about identifying what soft skills you already have um or like areas that you want to develop is there any tips that you can that you can give us on that yeah definitely so there's a lot of different personality tests that you can take um to find out if you know you're extrovert or um you tend to be more sort of um along the side of um you know looking at the the attention to detail so maybe compulsiveness but what I really like is uh, the Clifton Strengths Finder because what it does is you answer a series of questions and it bases the answers, puts those answers into 34 strengths. So everyone has 34 strengths. But the top five, if you know them and you work on them, they become your talents. So it's reversing the, I would say, the teaching you've had as a child or at uni or outside of uni as well, where people have said, oh, well, you're just not very good at writing, are you? You really need to improve. Instead of saying that, you know, they'd be like, the, the what the Clifton Strength Finder does is, oh, you're really good at, um, you know, one of your strengths is empathy. So you're very good at understanding people. You can put yourself on other people's shoes. You can actually read the room very well, which goes hand in hand with, you know, doing uh, sort of presenting, presenting yourself and giving off, and, you know, explaining well to others, as well as what you were saying, where, you know, you get on very well with other people, too. So I really liked Clifton Strength Finder. And another thing that I would recommend people to do, if you're, you know, you maybe you work for yourself or maybe you're not in a team where everyone can obviously do the same test, is I would also recommend to get a mentor because then you yes. can identify yeah, what you have, um, an area that you want to improve. So like at school, for example, like I, I did need extra help in math and my dad helped me or um, when I was doing A-levels, both me and my sister did extra classes at a local school over the holidays just to get the extra oomph that we needed to, 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 well, to pass really. And we kind of forget about getting a teacher after uni or after formal education. A mentor, I see it as two. One is someone that actually maybe is in your field um, that can guide you in certain things or two you could actually have a mentor that would help you with a specific area so a specific area of google analytics maybe or google tag manager google data studio a specific seo um, section and the women in tech seo community has been great for that i was a mentor and i also was a mentee and i thought that was um, a great yeah a great initiative and 
I've continued with that with with one of the um, one of the women in the group. That is, um, yeah, and I think you make a really good point there about so after we finish like our school or university, we sort of we do definitely forget that you can carry on learning, can't you? And um, just because you are uh, air quotes adult um it doesn't like we should always be learning and we should always be challenging ourselves um and i just want to just quickly shout out to uh, women in tech seo it is a great community so if you've not heard of it um and you'd like to be involved or you want to see just search um women in tech seo and the community will come up but i'll also put links in the show notes as well okay um do you think that sometimes that, um, okay, so we should be like identify skills that we've got, identifying what we want to improve on as well. But is there an argument to say that sometimes um, it's more about accepting the things that you can't change about yourself and more about um, coming up with solutions of how to manage that rather than correcting it? Yes, I agree. If there are some areas that you can't change, like... I can't think of the top of my head a soft skill that uh, you cannot change right now. But um, let's say in my case, you know, I found something like accounting was very difficult. So I knew that it would always take me longer to do it. So I've just accepted that, okay, it would take me longer. Maybe there's a different way for me to learn that. Um, but that's why I like the Clifton Strengths because you can look at those soft skills and you turn those five strengths into talents. What I would say is if something, if there is something that you cannot change, I wouldn't look back and make excuses for past behavior. Um, you know, it's done, it's finished. And I wouldn't also um, try and seek um, praise for if you've tried to act in a way that you're sort of changing. So, for example, there might be some people that dominate meetings all the time and they always mm. have to have the last word. They know it's hard for them to listen to others. A very, very underrated soft skill listening. It's very hard for them to listen and work with others. But if they were in a meeting and they actually were quiet or they didn't talk that much, they should not come out of that meeting and be like, see, I let, I let you talk. I didn't speak as much. Wasn't that good of me? No. If you know there's something that you need to work on and there's something that you're not able to change that that well or that quickly then just keep that one quiet and if there's things that you know you cannot change uh, and you have tried well then you know put it to bed but don't bring it back don't don't think about it in going forwards look forwards not backwards yes move on people move on (laughs) move on move on um okay so listening then because i've um i've always been taught from like a young age um and I think this is just something that's been instilled with me but you do you do have to listen as much as um there's a time and a place to get your point across and you want to talk what is just as important is listening and taking in what other people are saying so why in your opinion why do you think listening is important in SEO or in any business basically well, I think listening is important, really, in yeah any business and also particularly in, in an SEO is because you can understand what the other person or the other people, what their, I would say, their strengths are, 
where the weaknesses are, and it helps you to build a rapport with the other people. It helps you to understand their pain points so you can work together and then have a more harmonious uh, relationship. Yes, definitely. And um, I suppose as well with listening as well, um, you've also got to identify. So when you are listening to someone's point as well, um, there is also the skill of picking out relevant things and addressing that and communicating that across as well. So um, how how do you improve your listening? Is there any sort of like like tips that you can uh, give us or is there anything that people can do to improve their listening skills? Yes, well, I believe that there's quite a few different things that you can do. One of them is a course. So this is called improv or improvisation. The improv course that I've taken, um, I've took quite a few and they help you to identify who's really engaging in conversation and who is not. They purposely tell you to clear your mind, you know, when you're going into a scene so that you don't have something already set, you know, to respond because then you're not listening to that person. Um, What I thought was interesting was uh, I was reading um, just uh, some bits and pieces around sort of listening and um, one author, Scott Eblen, he uh, wrote a book, Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative. And he said that the average human has an eight second attention span. So I've heard this. Yeah. So that's why it's, you know, hard for you to um, listen to others because you you just want people to know what you're thinking, what's going on in your agenda. So in terms of the second thing of how can you improve your listening? Well, I think we're in a, right now you're in an environment where you can actually uh, be in a Zoom call. You can be in a meeting. Yeah. Nobody can see what you're writing. So I used to actually do this when I was in meetings, but secretly and record how long the just, you know, r- rough estimate because you can't sit there with a timer, but record how long each person is speaking for. Record how long that and, and how often that happens. So you have that meeting every week, every every day, I don't know, and see who is talking the most, who is not talking the most. And in terms of the third part about how can you improve the listening, well, what I would do is I go and talk to the quieter ones, find out what their issues are, what they're struggling with at work. Um, you know, why are they so quiet? Is it because they know everything or because they feel they cannot get a word in edgewise? So it's sometimes it's the well there's that expression isn't it's the quiet ones you have to look out for (laughs) yeah um and then this um that same man um scott eblin he said you should strive for basically a two to one ratio of listening to talking so um you know if you're a note taker during any conversations or meetings i would say it's more of a meeting you're probably not going to take notes in a conversation keep track of how much you listen versus how much you talk. So that's doing it the other way. I was saying I was doing the reading around the room and seeing who was talking the most and who was talking the least. I bet that that's when you do the exercise, um, it's quite interesting to see the output um, because it'd be interesting to see if, say for example, you think you're a good listener, are you a good listener or are you one that like talks a lot? So that would be really interesting to see the outcome. Yes. Um, 
Oh, I'm loving this conversation, Joe. <laughs> uh, it's really getting my mind ticking and thinking about things. Um, so I'm just conscious of time um, because, yeah, um, time is flying like they always do, like it always does. Um, I suppose the last sort of point to talk about is confidence, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I think confidence is a big thing when it comes to soft skills or like developing yourself. Um, so, yeah, like... Can you give us some tips around like how you can be more confident or what you can do to like improve your confidence? Yes. So I do like this expression. My mom used to always say like, um, focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. So uh, that can also apply to confidence as well. So many people might think, oh, when I know this, I'll be more confident. So relating this to SEO, what I know about GA, um, you know, I'll be a bit more confident in uh, SEO and then I'll apply for that job and you know then I would have ticked off you know 10 out of 10 of the um, job requirements or a out of 10 you know instead you should say I'm working on improving my understanding of Google Analytics um, and if there is something that you do not know then look into as I said get a mentor but you know you can also get a paid coach you know someone that is in your field and you pay them for their time Um, Another way to build up your confidence is I do think it's important to know yourself. I mean, if we're not knowing our ins and outs, uh, you know, personality wise now in this time where in theory we have for some of us in online marketing have a bit more time because of the no commuting, for example, Mm -hmm. I think that we should look into personality tests. I do recommend the Clifton Strengths Finder. I did that with a mentor, Kevin Thieler, and he's sales code. And uh, he was really, really good. He helped me to uh, sort of highlight the areas that I want to work on. It wasn't that I was lacking confidence. It's just that when I was younger, we moved around so much that I stood out even before I opened my mouth. I had a twin sister. We were very similar. And we both had American accents living in the UK. So everyone knew how I was. And when I went to went to school, uh, sorry, I went to work, I was the first time that nobody sort of knew who I was you know Um, so then you don't then it was like, oh this is great like I don't need to be standing out all the time so I would say to build up your own confidence find if there is something that's lacking Is, is it something that you know people knew about you before you knew yourself like in my case or is it something that maybe something happened at school or at uni that you know you weren't uh you weren't happy about but also try and um, differentiate as well between self-esteem and self-confidence. So self-esteem yeah. is yeah how you feel about yourself, the positive or negative image. This mm-hmm. can come from your upbringing. Like, you know, if you've, if your father or mother always thought you were, you know, not very intelligent because you didn't know, I don't know, science or something like that, you know, you may start to, think badly about yourself and that can lead to depression but confidence is about your ability uh, for uh, knowing and how to complete tasks well so that's why with the google analytics you know if you feel that you know you don't know that area certain that certain area of seo very well then build on it you're not not confident you just don't know much about that area 
And I think that's um, because with SEF, um, a lot of, of, of us in the industry are self-taught, aren't we? So um, obviously there's going to be areas or things that if you haven't got had previous experience in or you haven't worked in it or you haven't been asked to do something, then you, you're not going to know, are you? So I think also are we saying that like sometimes um like com- like you've got to take control like own own what you don't know in a way and find ways that you can educate yourself and become better exactly yes own it and also don't um be, be also open to change so if someone comes in and says something about you don't look at it like a personal attack think about how yes. you can change yeah and, and and develop it but you shouldn't be so sensitive if someone's saying oh i don't know uh, you don't know much about, let's say for me, oh, you don't know much about, um, I can't think, let's do, okay, you don't know much about swimming. How do you, how can you possibly coach me about doing swimming? You know, I'd be like, well, actually that's true. I don't know, I don't know, breaststroke or something that well. Maybe I'll get better at it. But what I do know is I know front crawl and I know how to swim in the ocean because I've done a lot of ocean swims. So you just need to, um, be really clear on what areas you own and you can know you know well and you can say of course yeah but these are the areas that I'm looking to improve like anyone we're always looking to improve it's every day is a learn a school day every day is a school day and Joe I just want to carry on talking because I feel like we could just carry on and there's lots more that we could explore and discuss um but um my last question for you um and then we will move on to my favorite part of the podcast which is the future uh, but yeah um do you have a question for me i do okay oh are you gonna yes. put me on the spot here on the spot a little bit uh what have you enjoyed most from your podcast series Oh, good question. Good question. Um, so I the one of the one of the key things that I've enjoyed most about having a podcast is having a platform that enables me to talk to a whole host of different people from different um places from different places of the world with different specialisms and it's yeah like when I started the podcast um obviously I had my own sort of goals and why I wanted to do it but I sort of like um yeah one of the things that I didn't really think about is that I'd be learning and I know that's stupid like of course like why did I not think that um but every conversation I have with um, like people that come on the podcast, it gets me thinking or it gets me like researching. So yeah, I suppose it's just getting to meet other um, SEOers or other people in the industry, um, but also learning as well. Hmm. Um, so yes, does that answer your question? It has. Can I ask, ask another one or? Uh... <laughs> I'll allow you one more, Joe. Okay, one then. More. So what has been the biggest surprise then from uh, doing the podcast? The biggest surprise? Uh, oh, let, let me have a quick think. Um, I suppose one of the biggest surprise was um, I was quite naive um when I first started the podcast about how much time it would take yeah to be completely honest (laughs) like I love doing the podcast I love um yeah I love doing it I love posting it and I love 
and I love the conversations, but I think I didn't sort of appreciate just how much time goes into recording, editing, publishing, the admin side of getting people on, the planning, uh, the sharing of episodes and stuff. Um, so that was like, quite, yeah, that was a learning curve, I suppose. Um, and I think quite early on, I sort of had to get good at time management and um like because obviously this is a side hustle um so I've got a full-time job and this is something that I do on the side um so yeah um it's been it's been interesting it's been challenging but a good challenge very good answer Sarah (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) I'm glad you say so Right, are you ready for this week's feature? I am. Yes. You are. Right, I've got six random general knowledge questions. Okay. Okay. Uh, So six in total. Let's see how you do. Okay. Uh, Are you good at general knowledge or? um, I don't know, it depends what it is. It's more about around movies and films I'm better at. I think there is one movie question, actually. So at least you're getting one right, hopefully. Okay, Okay, so first question, Joe. In 1945, what caused a five-minute delay to London's famous Big Ben? Was it A, a lunar eclipse, B, it was struck by lightning, C, a powerful wind, or D, a flock of birds landing on the minute hand? Ooh, this is a hard one. Um, I'll go with D. Ooh, correct. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, I knew that one. No. You knew that. Yeah, you should have given me some more confidence, Jay. Yeah, all right. I'm going to, the next ones, I'm just going to say it with confidence, yeah. <laughs> okay, question number two. The 426 escalators in the London subway cover a distance every week which is approximately equivalent to several trips around the globe is that true or false so how many steps sorry i'll repeat uh the 426 escalators in in the london subway cover a distance each week which is approximately equivalent to several trips around the globe Mm -hmm. true or false i would say false Oh, that's not the answer. Oh, well. (laughs) It's true. Okay, question number three. How many types of flamingo are there? Do you know your flamingos? Um, I think that there is actually, uh, or do we have multiple choice or? um... Uh, Well, it's up to you. I can give you multiple choice. Okay, yeah, because I did actually go to Flamingo Park, so I can't remember. Okay, is is it A? Three, B, four, C, five, or D, six? I think it was five. Oh, one out, Joe. Four, six. Six, mm. six types of flamingos. flamingos. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew indeed? It's, yep. Okay, you ready for your movie question? I am. Oh, pressure now. Who was the first actor to play James Bond? <sighs> was it? A, George Lansby, B, Sean Connery, C, Roger Moore, D, Timothy Dalton. Let's go for Sean Connery. Yes, let's go for Sean Connery because that is the right answer. Woohoo! <laughs> boop, boop. 
Last two questions. How are we doing? So you've got... Um, two right. Yes, two right. Two, right. Ri- two right. Yes. So uh, going into question number five. What is the longest river in the world? Is it A, the Amazon, B, the Nile, C, the Congo, or D, the... I don't know how to pronounce this one. Um Yangtze? The Yangtze River. The Yangtze River in China. There we go. So which one's the longest? Oh, the Yangtze River in China. Oh, is that the, is that your answer? Sorry. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, it's the Nile, the according Nile. to my sources. Hmm. Right, last question. If you get this one right, you've got 50%. Pressure on, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. What is the capital of Australia? Canberra. Yes, you didn't even need multiple choice there, did you? No, I should. I'm. I should not know. I should not need it. I am Australian, although I don't sound it. There we go. So, fifty um, percent. That's pretty good going. That's all right. Disappointed with myself <laughs> about the Nile. I used to like geography, but never mind. <laughs> I'm rubbish at geography. Never. That's one of my uh, things that I need to develop. I need to get better at geography. Okay. Um, that sadly brings us to the end of this week's SEO SAS podcast. Well, sad time, Sarah, but thank you. That was great. Thank you very much for joining. If people want to get in touch with you, see what you're doing, um, get involved, where can they find you? Well, they can find me at SEO Joe Blogs, the Twitter account, or uh, Turn Digi, like my last name Turn, so Turn Digi D I G I, in uh, on Twitter, or I'm on LinkedIn J Turnbull. So yeah, Twitter or LinkedIn, and I'll also be speaking actually at an event called Talk About Digital next uh, week. Well, actually on March the 11th. And that will be at 7 p.m. GMT. Awesome source. If you would like to get in touch with SEO SAS, we are on Twitter. So you can find us SEO underscore SAS. I am personally on Twitter, Sarah MCD UK, which also spells out Sarah McDuck. Um, where are at LinkedIn as well, and we've also got an email address, so we are hello at seosaspodcast.com. So, if you want to suggest a topic, if you'd like to come on the podcast, like Joe has this week, uh, then drop us an email and um, we'll, 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 we'll see what we can do, we'll have a conversation. Um, so yes, um, I think the only thing left for us to do, Joe, is say goodbye and until next week. Yeah, so I just wanted to say again, thank you very much, Sarah, for having me on the show. And I found out about your show through the Women in Tech SEO community. So uh, really big thank you to Areej for setting that one up. Yes, Areej is a fabulous, fabulous human being in the SEO community, isn't she? (laughs) Definitely. Awesome. Right. Um, Stay safe, folks. Until next time.